0: Welcome to the show. Uh, Normally I would record this at the shop or not, but I've been drinking and it's 3am and I fucking forgot to put the episode out when it was supposed to be put out. So here you go. This is me and Dan Hank talking about tattooing and Dan is that there's there's always an undercurrent when you meet someone right where you you're kind of like, is this person smart or not? And uh, Dan's brilliant. The stuff we uh, actually talked about for just a few minutes off of recording time, like off of mic or whatever. The dude's uh, a fucking genius. And uh, I'm not just saying that because I'm hammered. Like the dude is just rad. So here's our episode with Dan. Uh, I hope you enjoy it. And also, if you have a beard, please, for the love of God and all that is holy... Do not dye it one color. Remember how they used to have those hair, those those, those the, the hair dyeing commercials, where it was like, oh, herbal essences or whatever the fuck it was. And it was like your hair is gonna be a multitude of shades, so it looks natural. Well, Eminem's beard doesn't do that, nor does Chris Evans' face. Anyways, I hope you enjoyed the show.
1: <laughs> I'm just some weird scientist on the West Coast who started just randomly emailing people to see if they wanted to talk on a podcast. <laughs> um,
2: well I know some people are like really awkward. Like I don't care, I'm fine. You know, yeah. and I have good friends. It like just they're not social creatures. Like uh like yeah. I'm good friends with Nick Baxter. It just, you know, it's it's like pulling teeth to get him to talk.
1: <laughs> just everything is up here. It's a repo, right? Nah, no, he's
2: a smart guy and he's a good artist. And you know, yeah. he just like having like random conversations isn't his thing.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's cool, man. You gotta like really have a level of trust to get one word out of people like that. I know a lot of like artists nowadays seem to be that way, especially like where I am. Like Portland's crazy with all the artists that are out here, man. I think it's like one of the most saturated markets on the planet.
2: Mm. I remember I did a guest spot there and uh I mean, it was pretty busy, but it seemed like it rained all the time. We just came out of the rainy season. We had 180 days of rain. <laughs> there you go. I think Before, the carpet at the, the uh, airport smelled like mildew. <laughs> yeah, oh,
1: yeah. Dude, see, I keep telling people that. Like, I got off the plane. I was away. From, I'm from here, right? But I was away for like 15 years, just all over, right? I finally came back. and I was like, "It smells like fucking
2: mold everywhere I go. <laughs> I, like, I don't get
1: it, man. Really?
2: You want to go do some it's notes? very green so it looks awesome but yeah uh, rains a lot jesus christ
1: of course you're gonna have some fucking wood chipper start right when you start talking here maybe i'll move inside in a second <laughs> 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 anyways anyways uh do you want to do uh we'll do our, our our one scripted question we do with everyone why don't you tell us who you are what your name is where you work and what you do
2: okay i'm dan hank um i'm a uh, bis tattoo parlor it's in uh long beach new york um which is right outside of the city about 35 minutes outside of the city um i also write books i have uh three out i have a uh, fourth on the way um and i do a lot of art for like bands and magazines and authors and stuff like that
1: you always struck me as a dude is like you're an artist first and kind of a tattooer second and uh i don't know if that's a proper label that we should apply to anyone but what do you think what do you like, how do you think about yourself when you got into this shit?
2: Well, I remember when I first got into it, like in the late nineties, and uh like I went to art school and then I moved to New York to become a comic artist. And um in the downtime in between, I started tattooing and like I thought, yeah, I'll just tattoo until I get a quote real job. But then I really liked it, so you know I stuck with it. Um oh. but I remember a lot of people give me shit because I had like this polished portfolio that I brought from art school that I like used to, you know, interview with penguin books and DC comics and stuff, and they're like Oh, what, you you think you can draw? You think you're an artist? I'm like, yeah, they actually do. (laughs) But now everybody fucking paints and they draw and they're like proud of it and they post it on like Instagram or whatever. But at the time, like they try to, there are a lot of old school people that are trying to draw a line in the sand. They're like, you're either, you know, a pretentious tattoo artist, like Guy Actresson or something, or you're you're a tattooist, which means you're a skilled tradesman. Yeah. And uh, yeah, all those people do other jobs now
1: yeah dude yeah i remember i i got into tattooing in the early aughts and my i had like a, an apprenticeship with one of those old guys you know an apprenticeship right. and fuck around that you know and uh i really think the only reason why i got hired to do any of that stuff is because i knew how to draw and they they didn't right. it was weird you know they come in like hey how do you how did you do that i'm like oh okay so you guys are teaching me one thing and it's almost like we're, we're trading this knowledge back and forth you know what i mean But I basically like your artwork's fucking rad dude no, <laughs> Yeah, like from word 1, I I remember you were hitting magazines when I first started, like, all of the time. So, you know, I got to see some of your shit. I refer to
2: that as my 15 minutes
1: of fame. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you just came out, like, fucking killing, man. And it was weird because, like, same thing, when you'd have the magazines back then, there was always those spreads that people would do, and you would see the same people every... I mean, it's kind of like that now as well, but the same pieces every week you know or every month whenever it came out and it was just the same stuff i remember seeing like i didn't know horror stuff past like paul booth you know who's this fucking dan hank guy jesus this stuff makes me uneasy you know (laughs) Uh, so like i'm gonna move inside here (laughs) you guys gonna play out maybe i should go try to wake up mommy and, want some and, more juice? Oh, you want some more juice? Okay, this is going to be. Oh, I might just leave this in the fucking episode. Fuck it. Um, <laughs> with uh, like with horror stuff because that's kind of like your bread and butter. Like, who do you know was doing that or was like a name when you first started, dude?
2: Well, I remember when I started tattooing. Um, like I I pretty much knew, uh Paul Booth and he did horror, but it wasn't really like at the time. Like I remember I first saw him because I was like big into like the um. Like they pick up fanzines for like bands and stuff, and yeah. one featured him, and they featured all of his artwork, and I was like, "Well, it's cool that somebody's getting out there." I wasn't a big fan of his stuff. Um, yeah. Later on, I, I feel like he got a lot more developed, and I, and I remember seeing his stuff at the Roseland Ballroom, and being like really impressed. But at, at the time, it just like I don't know it like. You know, I I'm probably being like a picky artner, but I was like, oh, well, they anatomy me light source and stuff. I, I just didn't feel like it was there. But then when I started, I was like, this guy is a man. And yeah. um, then I remember who I went to learn from was uh, Guy Acterson, Um, because I really liked a lot of his concepts. You know, yeah, I yeah. yeah. Part of his book, uh, Reinventing the Tattoo, when you get in that like trapper keeper, yeah, you know? yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And yes. uh, I remember Hernandez came on the scene. And Hernandez oh. was doing some amazing stuff. So, like I remember this guy I was working with. It was like my first two years. Yeah, too, and he's like he's too good. He's too good. He's got to quit. He's too good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hernandez still slays, man. I don't
1: even think he does fucking stencils or anything anymore. He just kind of just does creepy shit on people.
2: Yeah. And, no, I've met me. He's like uh English is not his first language, but, but he's a nice guy.
1: Yeah, that's fucking neat, dude. So, so yeah, so there there wasn't, like, because I always thought Paul Booth was kind of more, like, gothic fantasy, not really horror. You know, I don't know where the horror label came out, but when I seen your stuff, you were like, I'm a horror artist. (laughs) It's just, like, how how was that? Because, I mean, like, New York at that time as well, like, the the tattoo culture is way different than it is now. You know, like, how is it starting out being, like, an artist who does creepy stuff, like, trying to drag in clientele for that? How was that for you?
2: it uh well tattoos in general were much smaller in those days um like you'd have to like it was like pulling teeth to get people to get something you know bigger than like dime size tattoo you know? Very cool shit that was up on the walls <laughs> yeah and yeah, people would come in and they'd be like you know i i think our minimum price of the tattoo this is 98 by the way yeah um, and i think our minimum price for a tattoo was like fifty dollars and, and uh so we'd say fifty dollars they go I can get that for $35 in the Bronx because, you know, they know somebody that works in the bank of a barber shop or whatever. I'm like, yeah. all right, go to the Bronx and get it. No, nah, man, but I like your work better. I'm like, well, then you got to fucking pay for it. But I mean, that's kind of what you dealt with. It was less subject matter and more like, you know, people had this idea of a tattoo and just wanted to get it. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, That was also the era of, like, you know, you know, tattoos are a bad thing. Only, like, drug addicts and sailors and criminals get them. But it, it evolved a lot over time.
1: Yeah, yeah, man. That's, that's funny. I was thinking about, I started tattooing in Toronto. Yeah, really? uh, And it was just a different place. Like, you had, like, had the number of tattoo shops over there. I think there was, like, around 10 or something at the time, maybe 12. Um, and you had, like, the hierarchy of, like, the artsy type places or whatever moving down. But I remember the first time I had, like, a 65-year-old lady walk into the shop. I'm like, you need to get the fuck out of here, woman. Like, this is not safe for you. You need to leave, you know? And uh, it's just, I was hoping to get a little butterfly on my chest, you know? You're like, what the fuck, dude? Um, but I remember there was a couple dudes that were trying to do uh, ripoffs of you uh, and, like, the stuff that you were doing when I had started. And I was like, oh, fucking hey, man. Like, I love doing horror stuff, but I am not a scary person. Oh, so I never, <laughs> I never... I do flowers now. Like, basically, that's all I do. Um, and so I was always wondering, like, how would you push that? Because I tried pushing on some people, you know, initially to do something that was a little bit more graphic, you know, and heavy. And I just never had any luck at it. So I I don't know, man. I was just like, I'm wondering what the type of people were that were coming into your place, you know, back then.
2: Well, it was a variety. I mean, after, I I tell people this all the time, because they're like, oh, how do I get in the magazines? How do I get in this? I'm like, just got to keep at it. Just Mm -hmm. like, I remember like sending, like, this is back in the days when you go to like a Photoshop and they make you Polaroids or they make you like, you know, (laughs) Um, actual photos, and you like put them in an envelope and you mail it to people. Yeah. And I just kept trying and trying and trying to get myself out there. And then one day, just like, boom, clicked. Yeah. Um, but I think, um, do you remember Hardcore Inc? Like, it was like, oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. I was in like issue number three of Hardcore Inc, and that was the first (laughs) magazine I ever got in. I was like, oh my God, I'm in a fucking magazine, (laughs) you know, and and, uh, but you know, it, it, you just got to keep at it. Like I was in, I don't know if you remember Pain Magazine. Oh, yeah. 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 So like all these ones that were kind of like, you know, kind of like a, yeah. like second tier or third tier or whatever. I just kept trying and trying and trying. And so I guess going back to your point, like in, in the early days, it was like, this is what I really wanted to do. But, you know, if somebody came in they're like, I want a Grateful Dead logo. I'm like, all right, I'll do a Grateful Dead logo. <laughs> you know? But then after a while, it got to the point where, you know, people were coming to me for my stuff. Mm-hmm. And and also, I got some people that are just coming to me because they're like, oh, well, this is a big name. I got to get tattooed by him, oh, yeah, uh, right. which was kind of annoying. Um, like I did. Um, you know the band Ringworm? Oh, yeah. So uh, <laughs> this is back in the MySpace days. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I went on their MySpace page and I just liked them. And then Gene from Ringworm, he's a tattoo artist. He to a shop, and he got a hold of me. He's like, "Oh man, I love your stuff. I'd like for you to do a guest spot." So I I went to Cleveland and did a guest spot scene at his house. He has awesome house. It looks like uh, from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, you know. And like um, I remember I, I I slept there. He has like all these like horror movies. He's big into horror. Yeah. Know? But uh, I remember there's one guy that came because he like advertised that it was coming, and it got all booked up. And I I did like I guess people a lot of people like uh, creature from Black Lagoon there and so yeah. I did that a bunch of times. Um, like there are people that like collect all the statues and everything. But there's one guy who got um, leatherface for me. So I dripped a leatherface and leatherface. And he calls me like six months later and goes, "Yeah, man, what else should I get?" I'm like, "I I don't know. What are you into?" You know? He's <laughs> like, "Well, I don't really like horror. Just you were coming to town, so I'm like, dude, I I can't help you." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, that's a pretty fancy.
1: That's a pretty fancy signature that you're gonna pay for, you know. So it's just like way yeah. outside. Oh, it's it big too. It was like
2: his whole like uh like upper you know, arm and. You know. <laughs> I mean, I, I spent like eight hours on that too It was a giant fucking piece, you know. It was like a, I don't know belt yeah. sander maybe, you know. <laughs> funny man.
1: Well, uh, I, I was uh, reading a, a little bit about like your past and stuff, and you were into punk rock. I know you're like big into music. I listened to some of your your podcasts as well, uh, with you interviewing some some music people. And uh, well, if we go back a little bit, let's think about like teenage years, Dan. Like, what the what the fuck was life like? And what <laughs> drew you to punk rock music, dude?
2: Well, my parents are very religious and very conservative, uh, but dad's lifelong military. He's in every war from Vietnam to the First Gulf War. Um, wow. He's a retired Lieutenant General um, or Lieutenant Colonel. Um, and I remember everything was kind of cool. I mean, other than they made me go to church four times a week. <laughs> 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 and I've been I've been an atheist since I was like you know in fourth grade. Yeah. But um you know so I remember everything was kind of cool. And then first I got into like. Crappy metal like, like rat and death yeah, leopard, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you know, then <laughs> yeah, and, and then I heard, um, all at the same time, I heard, um, hello from Slayer, ride the lightning, and yeah. um, oh, and P cells, so it totally changed my world, you know. Oh. So then, then I'm like, a, you know, a little metalhead, that's when I started having lots of like issues with my family and stuff oh yeah I, I guess when you're that age you want to go for the most extreme thing out there and then then i started hearing like black flag and like you know sex pistols and stuff and i was sold so yeah you know i looked like a british punk rocker at one point like i had the the mohawk and the <laughs> spiky leather jacket yeah. and combat boots and you know my parents hated me hated me you know like i turned 18 and they kicked me out of the house and they moved yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like I lived in the woods, homeless for like eight months, you know, oh, shit. but it is, it, you know, it, it, just like, I guess punk rock really resonates with you when you're a teenager. Like, I yeah. still like punk rock, so I'm not yeah. putting down punk rock. Um, but like, especially at the time, like, you know, Decades and black flag and minor thread, they were telling you the truth. They were telling you that like, I, I liked metal, but I was like, you know, a lot of metal, like the lyrics are kind of goofy yeah you know, like i don't care about wizards you know <laughs> Satan, and i don't even believe in fucking Satan, you know so yeah <laughs> and then i really liked it when you got a lot of bands that started incorporate uh, some of in the middle but they were still like very punk like uh like my favorite band of all time is the band dead guy i don't go to the band dead guy uh, uh, Kissing goodbye is another one i like a lot um but all those bands like uh indecision like okay. uh like Morning Again, you know, like, like all the kind of metalcore bands that had, like, you know, the heaviness of metal, but the politics of like punk rock. I really like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That, that, like, uh, foray into this, uh, it's almost like self sufficiency. I always thought with like punk rock, especially you get like the fucking the metalcore shit where things, you know, there's a lot of energy that's always going into everything. It's kind of dangerous to go to shows, which is fun. Yeah. Uh, <laughs>
2: I've had so my nose broken three times, I've had black <laughs> eyes, um,
1: yeah. Did, did that kind of, like, turn you into the horror stuff as well? Like, was that kind of personal?
2: <laughs> sort of no, I've just always liked horror. Like, uh, my favorite movie right now is The Shining, but yeah. um, I remember when I was, like, 12, it was, like, uh, Evil Dead 2. Oh,
1: know? yeah.
2: And uh, that's still one of my favorite movies. Like, uh, I have that tattooed on my fingers. Nice. With,
1: yeah, dude. With, uh, <laughs>
2: Yeah, I just, I always like kind of like a dark tint to stuff. Like, even when I get into comics, like, I wasn't into, like, Superman or Batman or anything. I was but, into, like, Swamp Thing was awesome. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. I don't know if you ever saw the comic Faust, which is, like, super bloody and super, you know, yeah. sexualized and over the... In fact, they sold it with a black cover in a sealed plastic bag. Uh,
1: yeah, dude, I do remember that one. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah.
2: And I, I I knew everybody at the comic shops because I'd, like, bring my, like, a, my, you know, 12-year-old, like, storyboards to them, which I'm sure are crap if you look at them now. But they give me advice and, you know, a lot of indie artists worked at, like, book shops and, like, you know, comic shops and stuff. And I yeah. remember they said, you'd really like this. So I'd get a foul, even though I was, like, you know, a kid, yeah, they sell yeah, yeah. me fouls.
1: <laughs> the DMCA shit. You have to be right. 18 years old to purchase this comic. Right, right. Like fucking yeah. image comics when they came out. I remember they came out with fucking, you know, covers on them as well sometimes, like uh vampirella shit or something like that. You're just like
2: we know they found know. out that that's kind of um that actually helps sales. Like uh with the PMRC when they started putting yeah. the label albums, they become yeah. best sellers. <laughs> like, like they they told Nikki Six. They said, "Yeah, with your next album, you know, we got to put um this label on it." He goes, "Well, what's the label say?" And so they're like, "Oh, well, offensive lyrics, you know this." And he's like, "Put it on, put it on." <laughs> that was on their best selling album. No, that's shit. actually why they pulled it is because it was making them sell better. <laughs> oh no, shit. That's yeah.
1: funny. Yeah, I I remember going to those places you would said when you went to the comic store i think it's kind of interesting you know you have people who really loved that that that, i don't know that genre that space or whatever right so i remember going to like music stores and you'd have people who are like music gods right? they'd know fucking everything they're all in bands and stuff like we don't have that shit anymore where you can go and like be part of like these small cultures you know like if you went into a place there was like a specialization that was just in the air you know you go down to a fucking empire or some stuff and you're like, I, I don't know. I want to find some music, bro. Let me walk you through. You
2: know, <laughs> and it's like it would be kind of nice. if there was like a middle ground. It seems like people went from like people went from being like way too judgmental. Oh, good.
1: I don't know. You're good, dude. i This is going to split into two fucking audio layers. Too, so can... uh, uh, here we go. What do you need, Cy? Si? I'm trying to I'm trying to actually do a recording right now. Maybe we go and wake up your mommy. Can you guys come inside? Yeah. Okay. Okay. What do you need, Bubba? What do you need? I need some... You need a book? Yeah. Why don't you just grab a book? The books are up here, Bubba. A book? Yeah, look. Here, why don't you take the Elephant and Piggy book? Yeah. Is that good? What's your step? All right, I'm going to go back outside, but I need you guys to try to be quiet, okay?
0: I have a bubble bath?
1: We're going to have a bubble bath after I'm all done, okay? (laughs) Okay. I love you. I'm going to close the door. You guys need to be quiet. If you need something, can you go get Mommy? Please and thank you. Oh, don't play with that butterfly too much mom will get upset that's her that's her butterfly all right sorry about that dude <laughs> no problem <laughs> three kids trying to do some stuff <clears throat> right now is it's always a little bit difficult Like when I mean, we had like one kid things were easy <laughs> and we had fucking two more in two years and it was just like oh my gosh uh trying to be a a, a parent and and tattoo and stuff is just it's always weird i do like most of my constants via Zoom and shit, and so right. they just put it on me and shit. I'm like, yeah, what's that idea? That's fucking great. No, i <laughs> uh, <laughs> trying to draw. And, anyways, um, yeah, you know, what were we talking about? We were talking about that that specialization in the scene when you go to those those stores.
2: Yeah, I, I think i um, like it would. It'd be necessary to the middle ground. Is what I was saying because, like, it seemed at one point it was like everything was controversial and like you're constantly stuff getting shut down or being uh, censored but now it's almost become like two accepting, like yeah man it's cool and there's no struggle do you think you're like yeah. you need a little bit of that struggle you know, yeah like, like they make this uh meme, which is hilarious it's like having a neck tattoo you used to say stay away from me motherfucker." And now says let me read you my vegan poetry <laughs> <laughs> you get that tear,
1: you get the neck, and then you get the hand. There's nothing in between. You just wear long sleeves. I You're know, I know.
2: A, I've had people ask me that. I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I know. The other thing I noticed is everyone's getting their fucking face tattooed
1: now. Like 19 you know,
2: no, There was a kid that came to me. Um, he was, I think, yeah, he was 18 years old. And I had to check his ID because he didn't even look like he was 18. And he wanted his first tattoo ever. And he wanted a big Tweety bird on his neck. And like you know how um in cartoons when they get hypnotized and you see all the swirls <laughs> yeah. around them, yeah. So that's what he wanted on his neck, and uh so I'm I'm kind of trying to talk him out of it. Um he had a little bit darker skin too, so I didn't think it would show up that well, you yeah, know, yeah. and uh, you know, on his neck and his first tattoo. So I, I'm asking him a bunch of questions, like rather than just immediately say no, you know. I I, I wanted to ask him one and go through the whole thing with him, you know. Um, and I'm like all right, do you know if I do this on you, you're never going to get a job? He goes, Oh, well, I have a job now. I go, Okay, what's your job? He goes, I'm a dishwasher. I'm like, <laughs> i to be a dishwasher for the rest of your life if I tattoo this on you. He goes, No, nah, no, nah, get this, you know, dishwasher, rap star. <laughs> I'm like, do you know how many people <laughs> I know of that want to make it the music business and never make it? He goes, yeah, but have you ever met anyone with the confidence in me? I'm like, yeah, all the time. <laughs> <laughs> confidence doesn't get you shit, man. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And um. I don't even think he necessarily wanted the tattoo for the tattoo. He just felt like for, you know, the business he was trying to go into, he needed to get tattooed.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just the need to look like everyone else. It's exactly, that fucking, yeah. You know, the fucking lack of individuality that seems to be pervasive. Yeah, it's
2: like, it. a, dude, I'm not going to ruin your life, you know, <laughs> because <laughs> you, you had, like, you know, like, when you're 18, your brain's not even fully developed yet. Fuck you no. know, you have no <laughs> fucking idea. Like... The person I was at 18 and the person I am now, they are worlds apart.
1: Way different, yeah. A prefrontal cortex needs to develop a bit more, right? That's that uh, they,
2: they say concept. about 26 is when you're like an adult.
1: Yeah, yeah. It starts to set in. Some people never really develop, so you can tell those <laughs> guys. <laughs> yeah,
2: some people can be 16, they're still fucking morons, yeah. They're fucking morons, yeah. I know a
1: couple yeah. tattooers that are like that. I'm like, why are you dating a fucking 19-year-old kid? Like, you're just fucking weird. This is, you know, oh, just, oh my god, dude. Anyway,
2: what is it with strippers? <laughs> <laughs> so many tattoo artists love to date them, get married uh, to them, and then they wonder why there's all this drama.
1: <laughs> I like people to look at me, you know, yeah. that's what it came down to with me. I'm like, I don't, I don't. And do you have
2: way. any coke? <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh man okay <laughs> my brain just like fucking <laughs> out. that's just so many fucking years i'm like i worked at like over 60 shops in 20 something years now right i've been all over north oh, america more than
2: me i've worked at, like 20 something yeah
1: yeah dude and i just you you've you've traveled a lot though right like you've done guest spots oh yeah all, i've been all over but, the
2: world yeah
1: yeah you know every once in a while you get to a place and you're like you got a good vibe about it, but you come and you walk and sit down and, and it's just dead <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I remember some of those places. One of those guys I worked with actually—he had this huge coke habit <laughs> Remember, I get there, he's like, "The awesome. sauce, yeah." You know, today's gonna fucking slay. And I'm like, "Bro, we're in the middle of the woods. Like, <laughs> I don't think anyone's coming in." You know, like, oh, anyways, I don't have to go down that road. I don't want to give too many uh, details about a certain shop. Um,
2: is that your phone or is that my phone?
1: Right, it's your phone. Uh,
2: give me one second. Let me turn it
1: okay. off. Yeah, don't worry, dude
2: it of course is spam (laughs) yeah you know interrupt my podcast with your fucking spam call trying to sell me something i don't want like house insurance yeah oh
1: dude i know i i accidentally filled out our tax returns like three years ago and i added like a one in front of my actual age and so, like, I'm the oldest person on the planet right now, and we keep getting calls for like Medicaid, Medicare, <laughs> you know, long-term life insurance. There's no, and I'm just like, I, I'm not that old. I can't
2: get on this shit. What are you talking about? We got your tax return. Fuck, I'm 50, and I keep getting um, mailings from ARP. I'm like, what are you fucking <laughs> saying? You know, like, fuck you. <laughs> uh, did you used to do like UFC or fucking prize fighting or anything like that? No, um, I did uh, so before I started tattooing, um, before I even went to art school, um, I did taekwondo, it's mainly because, like, as a punk rocker, I got beat up all the fucking time because yeah. I was like 130 pounds, you know, like giant mohawk, you <laughs> know, it was in Virginia in the 90s, so Ooh, that's yeah. rough, yeah. And like people would drive by the you know oh and i like black Eyed or like the mike ness you know and you know they, they would drive by to be like hey i'd be like fuck <laughs> your mom and then five guys would get out of the car they beat the shit out of me you know yeah, yeah, so yeah. finally i was like i gotta learn how to fight right. so then i started doing taekwondo and uh, uh, i am a secondary black belt in taekwondo i'm like super into it um uh, i won um, a gold medal the virginia state championships and, like, they offer you um, the opportunity to go to the Olympic training camp. I mean, that doesn't mean you're in the Olympics. So it just means you can go. Yeah. But I was, like, I was a dishwasher at the time, so I, <laughs> I couldn't afford to do that. You know? But then I remember I saw the first UFC. I was, like, oh, fuck. You know? <laughs> so I started taking Muay Thai and Brazilian GSU. Um yeah. and At this point, I've been taking it for a long time. But um, Regis, I was like really, really getting into that. Um, like I was doing G Kudo at the time, which is Bruce Lee's martial art. Yeah, yeah. But um, his martial art is like uh, the everything that works is is you know what you learn. So we had the guy come in teaching us Brazilian jiu It was uh, Max NDS Diaz, he um, he, he's pretty well known in, in that community. Um, but he gave me a blue belt. Um, well i worked my way up to a blue belt but you know and then we had uh this guy cream that was a kickboxer, and, and um you know he he was a thai champion he'd come in he t-shirts and stuff so i was all stuck with that i was doing like seminars with like paul vunak and stuff then i brain cancer so that was like a five-year interruption and then after i came back from that i was like really busy because now i had my like 15 minutes of pain with tattooing so i got i got really busy with that i just got like moved off sideways
1: yeah what what happened with the brain cancer thing i've read about that a few times i don't know if you ever really like got into that like how it affected kind of everything
2: (laughs) well it it was it was two years in my tattoo career i was finally at like a a semi-decent shop you know to me it was like an awesome shop because it was like downtown new york city in st mark's you know, place on St. Mark's street, which is like the famous punk district, you know, and uh, it was a flash walking shop, which is exactly what you need at that point in your career. Oh yeah. And uh, so I was like, I'm finally getting somewhere. And the thing is um, I bring all my um, canvases and stuff there. And I I just draw and paint in the meantime, then tattoo come in, I do the tattoo. I remember the first day that I worked there, I made half my rent in one day. I was like, dude, this is the most awesome job I've ever had. (laughs) Yeah, you know? so all that was going really good you know and then i started getting headaches and first i take uh, i take like a advil they go away and they come back at night then i take two and so after two weeks i was like this is not normal so i went to a like i was broke at the time so I went to a clinic and it was like uh like they didn't speak english they like they're they, like yeah, yeah, yeah we have a free sample oh wait we're out of it but uh we give it to you if we had it and they wrote me a prescription, I went to the pharmacy, and the pharmacy's like, we can't even read his handwriting. Yes. And they're trying to call him. He won't even pick up the phone. <laughs> so they're like, you got to go to another clinic. So I went to, like, a way more expensive clinic, and they go, oh, well, you're you're dehydrated, so they pump a full solution. They're like, call me tomorrow, you know, let me know what things are. So the next day, I, I felt like I had a jackhammer to the back of my head, you know, I was like throwing up like uh, my girl was there and we had Chinese food the day before. So I was like laying over the um counter to the bathroom, like throwing up. And, you know, she kept calling. And finally, when she got me on the phone, like go to the hospital. Mm-hmm. So when I go to the hospital, I'm like, you know, like she's guiding me to the hospital. I'm trying to walk straight, but I'm like walking sideways. I can't even control, you know. um. So I get in there. I tell them they give me medication. That it takes away the headache. Um, They like do a brain scan, well, a CAT scan on me, and uh they go, yeah, you know, they're, they're like, well, what do you do? I said, we tied, they go, oh, well, you know, it's probably a brain bleed, and they do the CAT scan, they're like, oh, wait, no, it's a tumor, they're like, oh, great, you know, but uh they're like, yeah, um probably, like, it's a slow-growing tumor, so, you know, you probably had about two weeks, <laughs> and, and they're like, so we have to set you up for a surgery, um yeah they had to do it in three days shift, do um MRIs with contrast and all that stuff but uh, like they're like it's brain surgery so you probably have about a 50 50 chance of making it yeah was yeah I was like okay and like my girl is like crying she's like you don't care I'm like well of course <laughs> I care but what am <laughs> I gonna fucking do about it you know yeah and I remember I called my, my parents, like me and my parents don't have a good relationship, but I remember I called them and I told them I'm like, well, we come see you, but you know, last minute takes are expensive, so so they never came to see me. Like, well, I almost died, but you know, whatever.
1: Fuck oh, dude. This is just solo alone. 50-50 fucking shot. This is like Russian roulette and stuff. So and it well, was actually quick. this is
2: even better. So the guy who's like the anesthesiologist is like putting me under. Right before he's like, Oh, what's your dad do? I say, Well, you know, US military block. He's like, Oh, I, I was Russian military, I was on the opposite side, and then I go out
1: <laughs> <laughs> Oh fuck, yeah, fuck me. Like just black. So But less well, we're living in
2: the matrix, I made it. So dude, yeah. fuck
1: man. No shit. Like what, <laughs> what was what was the prognosis that you made it through surgery? you get out like was everything still working like you could you
2: know everything was the thing is like um, I used to have like a almost photographic memory like uh, I think this is part of what pissed my dad off so much is like I had a really high um, rate point average I I took the SATs um, when we moved like between ninth and tenth grade and the score I got then was high enough to get into Harvard yeah so you know so in his eyes, I had all this potential to be, like, a real, you know, professional. Yeah. And I didn't want to do that. I, I was like, I wanted to go to art school, you know. And, and so I remember interviewing with my uh, guidance counselor uh, um, when he moved to Virginia, and she said, get ready for a career of pumping gas, because that's all you're ever going to do. No. Nope.
1: <laughs> Jesus Christ.
2: Ugh. That's so- I have
1: kind of the same fucking thing on my back. And I graduated high school really early. I got out like yeah. and, a half. and I was supposed to go to a big fancy school on the East coast. Okay. And I, I just moved into my car. I was fucking punk rock at the time too. And I said, like, I'm just going to go drive around and do some drugs, bro. See you later. <laughs> so mad. And when I finally told him that I was like a tattooer, he didn't talk to me for like seven years. <laughs> Even now he's like, why don't you just go get a real fucking job? And I'm like, well, this is a real
2: job, Dad. <laughs> That's exactly what my mom said. Like, uh, I remember like I got um a bunch of my art, like my paintings and stuff, in <clears throat> a fantasy magazine. So I was excited about it. So she called me up, and I never call her, but sometimes when she calls, I don't check her ID and I'm like, fuck, my mom. <laughs> so so I'm talking to her, I'm like, yeah, well, I'm in this magazine. She goes, Oh, so you can get a real job now? <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh. It's so funny that that generational gap. Like, I, I think that I don't think the TV shows have helped much personally on my side, but I do think that, like, the awareness about how much work actually goes into doing a, just one tattoo, let alone have right. a few hundred fucking clients a year, like getting that knowledge out, like, people, are like, this is a real job. This is a fucking tough job. I would rather work as a manager at McDonald's and make more money anyway. You probably
2: would, yeah. You know? I, I definitely like, would have made more money on Wall Street, you know, than I'd make on here, but oh, fuck it. I enjoy this. If I worked at Wall Street, I want to kill myself or kill everyone else. <laughs> <both. Yeah>. Cocaine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just for the American Psycho, and you'll know everything you need to know about Wall Street.
1: Yeah. Uh, that's funny. Okay, so you have the surgery, you come out of it, is at the like artistic skills, motor function, everything is it is it solid. Still? Oh, so
2: my my point with this wasn't to talk myself up and say, look, I'm so smart. It was to say that I had a photographic memory, and after surgery, I didn't. It's like basically it's like a massive concussion. So sure. like you have like memory problems, you have like speech problems. Like uh one of my favorite artists is uh Frank Frazetta, and I couldn't yeah. say Z's. you know. So I say Frank. And I can say it in my head, but I couldn't like verbalize it. You know? Yeah. So like my memory has gotten way hold on one like, second. My memory's gotten way better over time. And yeah. um, I mean, it's still not like photographic memory level, but and, and I don't have the same, you know, speech impediment that I did at the time. But um, you know, those were the main issues. Like there was no like like I worked at one shop, and they're like, oh, you know, they're, they they joked I was missing a piece of my brain. I'm not. It was actually the tumor was, like, next to my brain, so they, they drew a hole in the back of my head. I actually have a little metal plate there. And uh, sure. they, they took, the, they, like, basically pieced up the tumor and took the pieces out. Yeah. And they, they run a pathology on it to see if it's uh, malignant or benign. If it's benign, then, you know, you're good. If it's malignant, it's cancer. Yeah. Like, well, it's malignant. <laughs> so... I had to go through uh, chemotherapy, I had to go through radiation treatment, and uh, like I said, so far, it hasn't come back, so that that was a good point, but I was in ICU right after that happened, and I think it was my third day in ICU, and the Twin Towers were down. Oh. (laughs) And I was in Bellevue Hospital, which is the closest hospital to the Twin Towers. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, I remember when I got out, it was, like, the, like an apocalyptic world. Like, you uh, know, my head's wrapped up in bandages, like, bloody bandages. And, like, people are walking down the street crying. Uh, you know, little pieces of paper are fluttering down or the sky. It's, like, all smoggy. and Yeah.
1: Fuck, that's, that's wild, man. It's just, like, three things right back to back to back. So, you, you get out, what was your plan? What were you thinking?
2: Well, I, I'd finally gotten somewhere in tattooing. So, I was, like, I'm not giving this shit up. I mean, it's like, I feel like I've had to fight my whole life. Like, you know, homeless punk rocker. Um, The way I got to New York is I went to art school and my uh, art teacher said, if you want to create an art, you got to move to New York. So on my motorcycle, like my 20 year old motorcycle, you know, with everything I owned in a backpack, I traveled to New York. So I I feel like, you know, you just got to try, you got to try to make it. I was like, I'm not going to let this hold me down. So like, even though I was like going through chemotherapy, you know, and radiation, I was still working three days a week. I'm oh, like, I, I'm not going to give up on this. I was still going to the gym. You know, I lived in Brooklyn, and I'd bike because I didn't have a vehicle. When you live in yeah, Brooklyn, yeah. it's kind of hard to have a vehicle. um So I'd bike over the Williamsburg Bridge, and like about halfway there, I have to stop and throw up over the corner of the bridge, you know, <laughs> or the side of the bridge. Then I'd make it to I I my gym was Crunch Fitness, so. Which Lou from Sick of all was there, or not Lou, his uh, his brother was there. I was like, Hey, I knew who that guy is, but uh, <laughs> I I'd go there and I'd be like working out I have to go puke, you know, and then i work mm. it. But I'm like, I'm not gonna let this beat me. You know, like if you don't make it, nobody gives a fuck. I mean, you yeah. give a fuck, but no in the in the grand scheme of things, nobody gives a fuck.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, Totally. She just kept pushing, yeah. <laughs> Was, so your creativity all that stuff up top was not affected at all like you can still see yeah. it whatever's up here you have any issues getting it out like no,
2: no i all right so i have no issues expressing it um yeah. you know in, in like art form or written form or anything like that um i just said for a while i had a problem like verbalizing it
1: yeah 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 I you know, gotcha.
2: so if i was like a, a public speaker or like a news yeah. anchor i would have been fucked. yeah
1: yeah 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 so you didn't even have to do much talking, you could just come out and show something. And right. Just, well, and work. my
2: memory was really bad um for a while. Like it, it got way better over time. And I, I started, you know, taking stuff for it, like uh something called glantamine. There's certain mushrooms, a certain like and then you know, you do a lot of like uh, like training, like memorizing yeah, stuff, yeah. and that, that <laughs> helped all that stuff really, really helped. But I remember I did um the Middle convention in Jersey. Um, Mario yeah. Barth put that on at the time. Yeah. I'm not even going to get into Mario Barth because they got a lot <laughs> to say. But anyway, so I did the Middle <laughs> <end>. <laughs> but, uh, <so> <laughs> <laughs> The Middle East Convention, I remember this guy came up to me and like he wanted me to tattoo one of my paintings as a tattoo on his inner arm. So yeah. I was like, oh, that's awesome, man. So I set the whole thing up, drew it all up. Then it's been like 30 minutes. I cannot remember what he looks like. So I'm, like, walking up and down the aisles going, who is this guy? So finally I just picked, like, some random tattoo artist. that go, maybe this is a guy. I go, hey, man, can I see your arm? He's like, uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, it yeah, looks good. Thank you. <laughs> and then I go back to my booth. I'm going to sit up. And the the guy who, you know, actually wanted it because his goes, hey, man, uh, were you looking for me? I was busy tattooing. I was like, oh, fuck.
1: <laughs> uh it's like great sit down tattoos great everything yeah it's, it's funny about you say about barth i've been trying to get him to come on the show cuz i think it'd be interesting to talk to him as long as we could keep the politics aside and all that shit you know i think it would be interesting to talk to somebody of his stature and then, right. yeah i had a, a job offer to go and work at starlight i don't know if i'll make this in the show or not but uh, like 2010, something like that. A stock news. Yeah, assistant. I worked
2: there. I worked there for a year.
1: Yeah, uh, and uh I would never commit
2: had... it. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, you got to use.
1: We'll, we'll supply your inks. You know, you got to pay for. Them.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I was like, can I dump what's in there and bring my own and just fill them up in the bottles? Because I think your guys' stuff is not the best. You know, right, right. got really upset. Really upset. Who the fuck do you think you are? Blah blah no. blah. I'm like, i'm sorry <laughs> basically like the pay structure and scale house set up like this fucking mlm type thing. I was just anyways wasn't too happy now he doesn't like me for another reason because i'm i'm a scientist now so i uh i like to talk a lot about regulations and stuff and and how products work so
2: well i remember it is intense when we just use it it's like um they just vote. by the way they sold that because they used to sell mario barth pigments like powder pigments and then at some point he goes. Oh, I'll just make my own inks with those powder pigments. And that's what intense was. But yeah. he didn't know what to mix them with. So that's why, if you smell like the early intense ink smells, if like something died in the bottle, <laughs> that's why. <laughs>
1: Fucking Listerine, formaldehyde, a little bit of rubbing alcohol. We're fucking good to go. Yeah. To keep the stuff shelf stable for as long as possible. Well,
2: and he was selling Mario Barth machines. Like he had yeah. his whole supply company. And then at some point he started bootlegging them and selling, quote, Mario Barth machines, but they were his, you know, copy of the Mario Barth machine. And then Mario Barth found out, sued him, took the machines up. So then what Mario Barth did is like he sold the same machines, but now he called them something else. That's wild, man. That's wild. <laughs> I, mean, I have a million stories. We could be here all day. Yeah. Oh yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm not calling you out, Mario. Not at all. <laughs> it's
1: amazing what you've done for the the industry. In some ways, and other ways, you can suck a big, bag of cum. Um. Anyway, so all uh, cancers out. Everything's going good. You're getting back into it. Like, how's how's the the job? Like, where you're at? How's it evolving? How are you growing? What are you doing?
2: Um, well I remember okay so I worked at a flash shop on St Mark's Street called Andromeda tattoo and um the lady owned it was like this crazy German lady <laughs> all the time like yeah. she was on an 11 sure. all the time <laughs> like I remember she hired somebody from um from jail and he was really an artist but his clothing standards were horrible you know <laughs> so I remember he was like clean like washing out his tubes you know without gloves on in the sink. And we all went to her. And we're like, we all quit Let's see if you fire this guy. You know. <laughs> but uh, so when I when I had brain cancer and you know I came back to work, you know, um, I think she gave me like one day a week or two days a week or something. You know, not a very nice person at all. <laughs> but so right next door, well, two doors down was Medusa yeah. Tattoo. So I went there and yeah. I asked them for a job. So they gave me a job. So between Medusa and Andromeda, you know, I I had uh, like a, a three day or four day schedule, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, mostly three days. But um, and, and at the time, and, you know, that was great for me. That's it, it took her six months to find out I was working Medusa, and then she flipped out and fired me. Oh no shit! Yeah, I was gonna say it's back then working multiple shops is
1: not that. Was oh not yeah,
2: scary. no no No, yeah.
1: no no. That's that's wild. Six months. Yeah. Which, Maybe it was good. Which is
2: funny because, like, you know, at the time too, like you take all your stuff home, you know, yeah. you take it to the shop and take it home. So I would take it, walk around, you know, like this <laughs> awning in the other shop and drop it down there. And it still took her six five. Well, part of it is because everybody fucking hates her. Yeah. So yeah. nobody was gonna tell her and she's like rarely there, you know. <laughs> so then I went to work with um, did you ever uh hear the visionary tattoo festival? Um, it was, it was put on by this guy, John. John, he worked at Cutting Edge. So I went to work at his shop part time. Uh, oh, cool! I don't even think he owned it. I think he's just like the main artist Man. there or whatever.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's cool. We hit there and then was it just like keep growing? Because I mean, you didn't stay on the East Coast full time either, did you?
2: No, I, I worked I worked there. Um, I worked at Ink Stop, um, which uh, I forget, say it. it's Eric something or other. He owned it's it in Alphabet City. And um apparently he fired me because at the time I wouldn't do anything religious at all. And oh, sure. and yeah, and, and I would tell people like this one guy came in and uh he, he looked at my portfolio and he's like, Oh man, I'd like for you to do a back piece. I'm like, uh oh awesome. And, you know, what do you want to get? He's like, I want Jesus coming back to earth with all the angels in heaven. And i'm like what out of my entire portfolio told you i should do that <laughs> he goes oh well i love your realism i go jesus isn't real <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but eric told me that um his uh his, i don't know if his wife or his girlfriend didn't get um didn't get her scholarship so he had to pay for her college so you know, he had to work more so he had to let me go but apparently, told everyone else is because I wouldn't do religious stuff, and a lot of people came in for that stuff. Yeah, I yeah. so I don't know.
1: Yeah, yeah. Back in the day, you got to do everything that comes across your plate. Here exactly. Yeah. shops Yeah. Not. It's not like nowadays where you can just do peonies for your entire career.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Nick tattoos. i <or> hipsters. Yeah. <laughs> so bounce
1: out of there. Where, where's Where's the next stop? Where do you head?
2: Um. I think uh, because I I bounced all around for a while. Um, I worked at Stream Inc. and White Plains for a little while. Um, Then the main guy there, um, it was Billy something or other, um, but he used to work at Big Joe and Sons. And I guess they were scoping out a place to um, open a shop. And there were like no shops in White Plains. So they're like, yeah, we'll try to open White Plains. So then, like, this is back in the days when everybody was like real sketchy. So then yeah. he runs out to White Plains and tries to open a shop real quick, you oh, know, shit. and he called it Extreme Inc. But the thing is, like, White Plains fought him. So he could only open in the ghetto. Like, I remember <laughs> first of the month, we get like a flood of people coming in.
1: Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. So so I was working there and um, I started to build up like more of a name there and stuff. And then he was like, yeah, man, I'm going to move. Do you want the shop? So I was going to buy the shop. And actually he um, had a partner and uh, the partner paid him off and the partner offered me a shop and uh, the partner's name was John. And uh, so John, so I was stupid at the time. Like I, I went and got like all horror movie posters had them all framed and like, painted all the walls that are, like, blood red. I was like, dude, this is going to be awesome. It's going to be so awesome. Then I looked up all the financial records. He, like, taking out all these ads and, like, yellow pages and hadn't paid rent in, like, three months. And so it's like, I'm on the hook for, like, five grand, you know, on top of buying the shop. And and I told him, and he's like, yeah, man, they're lying. I'm like, I don't care if you say they're lying or not. I'm not fucking paying this money. So, yeah, that didn't work out. Uh, so then i went to work for um screaming inc and um bill monroe owned it and it was in uh it was in jersey and billy monroe opened a shop with mario barth yeah, yeah.
1: you getting feedback to the babies <laughs> can you hear me okay or
0: no
2: yeah yeah oh yeah yeah. so billy opened a shop with mario barth you know, so mario barth apparently opened a shop with uh with Tattoo Lou, like, you know, the famous Tattoo Lou. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Um, Lou Rubino um, down in Miami. And that's when Mario Barth first came over. And the whole idea was they were going to have, like, like a private studio upstairs. And there's going to be, like, a more, like, a flash shop downstairs. Yeah, yeah, But then when it gets slow, Marty would wander there and go, I'm the best artist. You want me? And, like, you know, like, <laughs> even if they were signing up with somebody else. And so that didn't work out. So <laughs> then... He moved to Jersey, and he opened Extreme Inc. with Bill Monroe. Bill Monroe is like, in one of those, like, kind of Bon Jovi, Poison-type oh, yeah, bands, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. and, and he eventually, Mario Barthas, divorced his wife and married Billy's sister. But, like, they opened a shop together, and uh, <clears throat> and Mario Barthas was saying, oh, well, I'm such a big name, you should put all the money into the shop, and then, you know, my name would be my contribution, so it was like 50 50 but in mario bar (laughs) same and uh (laughs) he didn't didn't want to hire artists he wanted to hire apprentices and teach them and then so they had like all these crazy concepts of how a shop worked like like you weren't allowed to know the price of a tattoo you know like because you might be influenced by the price and your you know how good of a job you did um and when the customer picked out a tattoo, Bill Monroe, who by the way is not a tattoo artist. Oh no, sure. out, yeah, not not at all. So mm-hmm. he would come out and he would say, No, this is what you really want. And like he try and like convince the customer, and then he'd try and convince the customer what size they wanted it and where they wanted it placed and all that sort of stuff. Sure. Then when you as the artist you agreed to do it, you like would do a sketch and then you know Billy Monroe would have to come and approve the sketch and then you make a stencil, and you put the stencil on the person, and then Billy Monroe would have to come and approve the placement and the size and all that sort of stuff. Then while you start tattooing the person, he would come by and give you criticism on your tattoo while you're tattooing the person.
0: What?
2: And then after every tattoo, you had to clean and mop your entire station. Then at the end of the day, we all had to like meticulously clean the entire place, like including wiping down all the windows and everything, then we all had to wait until Billy was ready to leave to leave. So he would get a call last minute to be like goofing off with them, talking on the phone, and we're all just sitting on the couches waiting. Yeah. So and after yeah. the first week there, I was like, yeah, I, I probably made you know I don't know like three grand or something. Yeah. Like yeah, you made three fifty. Here you go. I was like, get the fuck out here. So you mm-hmm. know the next, the, I, I was getting on a motorcycle. Um. So the next day, I bought my wife's car, and I came in, and I'm like packing up my stuff, and I'm like, I'm I'm out here.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Totally.
2: <laughs> Jesus,
1: that's insane, dude. That doesn't yeah. make any sense at all. Is that that sliding scale of earnings that you're supposed to be able to get? Right, where it's like the more you sell, the more you can earn. There's right. always a cap on that. I don't think you can make more than like forty percent working at that place. <laughs> that's just crazy
2: well i ah. remember there was one guy who did like a half sleeve on like you know all black and gray skulls and whatever and um he charged the guy 200 bucks for that and what? the reason why is that guy served his wife coffee at duncan notice in the morning that doesn't make any that doesn't <laughs> so he was looking out for the guy you know fuck the artist yeah yeah, yeah. oh man that's at one so point good. everybody in the shop left like yeah. they, they all just had a group left and he'd tell people they call and they would request an artist to be like, oh, that artist is on vacation. So, oh, but no then shit. I remember like just despite him, I then worked at Marty Bar Shop, <laughs> and I remember at the New York City Convention, like uh, Marty Barth and Billy Monroe were like arguing back and forth, and I came walking by, and Marty Barth is like, hey, it, he pulls me in, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like say, this is my new artist, you know, blah, <laughs> blah, blah. So, I I guess Billy Monroe was still mad about it. So, like years later, when they worked at Lone Wolf, he calls up Lone Wolf to tell them, I'm not a good guy. You shouldn't hire me. And uh, Andrea owned it. And she's like, Yeah, this fucking loser called from Jersey. (laughs) (laughs) Jeez.
1: You just keep walking into fucking shittles. It's weird now seeing like a lot of the shops are all these collectives where everyone with like minds all gets together and shares the bills and stuff. It was not, it was not, yeah, no, back
2: in the day, Um, yeah.
1: You had to fucking scrape and fight, and there was always that first the fucking floor, right? The first guy who shows up gets the first tattoo that walks in, yeah, you know, yeah, uh, and then you'd cycle through it If if you were the fucking last one there. Or if you just somebody didn't like you the counter staff the fucking owner or something, you'd be at the bottom of the list. You may not make anything for fucking weeks and weeks, you know. But right. and if you did get paid, maybe it was late, maybe it was short. Keep your fucking tips. Ugh.
2: Yeah, yeah I remember there were some shops that like wanted a percentage of your tips, and yeah. It, yeah, yeah, it was yeah. crazy in the city, like especially in New York City, because um I started tattooing a year after it got legalized. Yeah, 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 And uh I remember there were a lot of shops that were there, and like they'd be a clothing store in the front. And then secretly, they tattooed the back. So when it was suddenly legal, they just put signs up out front. Yeah. But they they still sell clothes in the front and tattoo in the back. So other <laughs> shops would like have people with flyers say, "Real shops don't sell you know leather jackets yeah, or clothes, yeah, yeah, or whatever." Yeah, okay, right. And those people would be handing out the flyers in front of the um, shop. Before, that was... yeah. <laughs> so you know the people would come out, and there'd be like a fist fight in the yeah, streets, yeah, yeah, and yeah, you know a little bit
1: rougher in those days. Yeah, that's so funny. I remember how many places I worked that was like a head shop in the front and you got fucking tattoos tucked in the back fucking corner and shit, you know, like <laughs> now it's just, everyone's just like free and clear. You walk in these beautiful, just yeah, you know, yeah. cost hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars. You walk in, it's just immaculate. You have a bunch of artists who have no idea what they're fucking doing now, which is weird, right? To see that split where we used to like, you had to know someone to know somebody like, all right, you got to go around this corner, talk to this guy. Oh yeah. Go in here and it's like fucking fourth room on the left. Go yeah. talk to that fucking
2: guy. He knows what he's doing. Dude, the secret <laughs> handshake and the code. <laughs> and, you know. Yeah, I don't think a no, lot. And people everybody, know. everybody thinks that they're the shit now too. It's like yeah. not to sound like that old man, but I remember my uh, business partner. Um, I in the shop with this guy, Paul Tatchlock, and uh, I remember he apprenticed this girl, and he apprenticed her. And then after I think a year of tattooing, she decided that she was going to open a private studio meanwhile like a week before she was like trying to put a a a needle in her tube and she couldn't figure out and the reason why because she's trying to put the needle in backwards (laughs) but she's ready to open the private studio oh that's funny oh i fixed up so much of her work too want some bunnies can you go ask mommy
1: please well i need you to go ask mommy please sweetie i love you baby sorry about that she wanted she wants some fruit bunnies yeah. i'm sorry for being a lack of professionalism right now uh <laughs> this is cool just to hang out with you i'm like glad i actually got to meet you like you just seem like such a genuine fucking like just a cool yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um okay so so after that whole debacle where'd you go next
2: uh let's see um after um Actually, after Steering Inc. Was wearing, which is when I went to the white place in White Plains, um, I, I checked out a couple other, um, I remember, uh, I forget it was called, but Peter Cohn it was a guy he owned it, but it was like the shop was too far away. And his dad was there at the time, and he smoked in the shop, you know, while he was tattooing, and the entire shop smelled like cigarette smoke. <laughs> the walls were stained yellow. I was like, I can't work here, you yeah. <laughs> know? And uh, so I remember working at Stream Inc., and then, um, I remember where I ended up working, but I remember at, at some point, um, oh, I remember. Um, so my my girlfriend, um, when I had brain cancer, this is now my wife, um, yeah. she was, uh, I felt like she was uh, really, uh, she was awesome when they had brain cancer. Cause like, first of all, you know, she's a Colombian immigrant. So it wasn't like, you know, native language, you know, it's not like we grew up together. Um, I was a bit older than her. Um, and then we've been dating for three months. And then I bring cancer every single day she'd come in, you That's know, true. just check on me. She always looked, you know, upset. I was like, This is a good fucking person. Yeah yeah, 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 Um, but uh so I remember tattoo Lou hired both of us. Um she was working at um Big Joe and Sons, and she wouldn't even tell me because I would have tried to get in a fight with the guy. But there was a guy <laughs> like, have you ever seen that show Eastbound Down? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a guy that looked just like that guy, like like the puffy, you know, <laughs> and he would tell her because uh, she was like four foot eleven, had dreadlocks, and he'd be like, maybe if you cleaned up a little bit, I'd fuck you. <laughs> oh. and, and like I said, she would tell me, you know, until way later because I'd uh, try and go fight him, you know, but anyways, so she quit. She's like, you can't deal with this guy anymore. Yeah. He wasn't even an artist. He was a shop manager. <laughs> oh, you know? uh,
1: yeah. One of those guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ugh. And
2: uh, so she's like, oh, I got both a job at uh, Tattoo Lou's. You know, so we went to work for Tattoo Lou. And uh at first working for Tattoo Lou, it was kind of cool. He's like, oh, yeah, my artist is, like, referring all his people to me and stuff. You know? Uh, but then he was like, uh, like, I remember we had um, cameras everywhere in the shop. Yeah. with cameras they were including in the piercing room. Oh, so no. our piercing Joanna was uh, piercing a girl's clit, and he called up, he's like, hey, Joanna, you piercing the snapper? She's like, yeah, Luke, get out of here. <laughs> Christ, man.
1: And oh. I remember show
2: up, he showed up, in like one of those old men Harleys with the giant boom boxes on the side bigger. and stuff. He'd show up on that, but all he ever played were lose commercials. To so be like, where else are you gonna go? It's like it's the worst stereotype. you'd be like, where's he gonna go? Forget about it. Yeah. Like, oh my god! And then if you want to see something really amusing, him and his son meet a rap song. It's oh, like it's horrible. Look at the tattoo lose rap song. It's horrible. I'll put a link in the show description. That that'd be funny, pretty funny, dude. <laughs> <coughs> But uh, I remember okay. at, at one point, um, I remember my girl put it up. This is back when message boards were big. Do you remember yeah. when message boards were big? Yeah. yeah, 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 So I remember she put she put a message, me and Dan looking for a real shop. Oh, shit. <laughs> and uh, everybody at is a fucking snake, at least in those days. Like, that's back when everybody hated everybody and talked shit about everybody. You know? yeah especially the people who didn't make as much thought that they were being ripped off by the people who had more clients and yeah
1: yeah yeah yeah, yeah totally
2: so somebody immediately told lou and then lou didn't want to fire her because he's saying about like girls and like confronting girls oh, so okay. he comes to and fire me instead what? <laughs> I, I know and he comes and he's like he's like by the way i, I think lou's kind of a comical i mean he's dead now but you know at the time like he, he's like uh he's shorter than me. He has hair plugs, by the way. You know, oh, so he, it's not even real hair. He has hair plugs. And he's like this, like, like getting mad. He's like, I want to put you in the face. And I just <laughs> started laughing at him because I think he's so comical, which I'm sure made him twice as bad. Oh, yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but he fires me and then I go down the street to cliffs and I get a job within like 20 minutes. So <laughs> <laughs> that's fucking that's so rad, too. <laughs> uh did you did you always stay on the uh on the East Coast? Did you ever move anywhere else? No, well I, I figured like my wife didn't had to run, and yeah. um, I was like by that point I was working at Lone Wolf, one was was really good shop. I was crazy booked up, like I was booked up like nine months, like working like oh, six shit, seven days a week. You know, wow. I, I was like burning myself out. Hey, yeah, you know, and uh, but then she dies. You know, I was like fuck New York. You know i had brain cancer my wife died you know so i moved to austin texas um, uh, and i moved down to austin texas and the big thing in austin texas is not what i do like not like dark realism it's more yeah, like yeah. they love old school just and like people, yeah, yeah i mean they might you know it might be different now but you know this back in like 2011 you know <clears throat> and they really like to like walk and stuff like because everybody there's like very flighty like yeah, the yeah. ultimate hipster crowd Like very flighty, like, should I get a tattoo today? Maybe I won't. Like, I'd be on my way to the shop and my clients like texting me or calling me to say, oh, I can't make it today. You know, and I remember like, you know, one week, three people canceled in the same week. Oh, because supposedly their dad died. Well, (laughs) what are you is fucking lying?
1: (laughs) Jesus. Well, uh, uh, can we spin back a bit? What, What happened to your wife? How did she pass away?
2: um she started taking music classes at pratt in brooklyn um and basically you know tattooing full-time she had to take him like early on saturday morning yeah. so she would take a motorcycle there on saturday morning yeah. and somebody like by the way um where we lived because we lived in williamsburg before williamsburg was like super hipster <laughs> you know so and she'd drive like through red hook to pratt and um, it's right next to the, uh, the you know, after-hours bars in the city. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. So she was driving a motorcycle. Somebody just plowed in her and kept going. No. Like, they hit her so hard, it took out their, their you know, headlight, took off, like, their bumper. Oh. Like, they, they knew they hit somebody. It's not like they just bumped somebody. But it was probably somebody drunk from one of the after-hour oh, bars. It's like, first thing in the morning on Saturday. But um, the thing is, like, the New York PD is totally blown off. Like like immediately when they, like they they call me up you know they're like yeah are you married to Monica Hank? I'm immediately awake you know I'm like I'm like what happened like oh I I don't know she ran like a stop sign or something I'm like <laughs> I'm like who's the chief investigator of the squad you yeah. know you know well you know I I can tell you my name like they were just they were tall pieces of shit and then they took her to um they 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 took her to a hospital that's really bad it was like in the project it's basically the area where jay zs is from yeah. you know and um uh, so it, it was like like it was it was uh people are like you know you're never getting anything done there. So like um uh, a good friend of mine is Rachel Rosen from the band decision and um uh, at the time she worked at the medical examiner's office she's like get her out of there. Yeah. You know? no yeah. So I'm I'm like trying to get her into a different hospital. Like I remember like the, the first night I stayed there all day and I go down to get coffee the next morning and I go to go back up and there's big fast security oh, She's like it it, it yeah. and she's like, you can go upstairs. I'm like, I'm like, my wife is dying upstairs. She's like, yeah. so no oh, shit. And like I mean i felt like punching her in the face but you know i yeah. know that i'm definitely not going to get upstairs if i do that yeah. so i'm like what do i need to do to get upstairs she's like well the doctor has to call me so i go over to the reception desk which is like a few feet away and yeah. i'm like i need to get upstairs can you call the doctor and so they call yeah. the doctor so then she calls her to the security lady. she goes yeah the doctor said you can go up security lady goes no tell me has to call me personally and That's then I'm, I'm like biting my tongue and I turn back to the security desk lady. I'm like, can you call him again? And she's like, no, why should I? Jeez. So I had to go to a pay phone, call the doctor. <laughs> so, but what happened is um, we talked to an attorney and uh, he said, you know what? Picture as a model. Cause she did like some alternative modeling, you know, yeah. you know, and she's she's a, a beautiful looking person all covered in tattoos with dreadlocks and stuff. So once we pitched her as a model, all of a sudden everybody's interested. She's like in the New York Post, you know, they're yeah. interviewing me for News One, News Five. Um, my brother-in-law is Kiki CEO, so he's doing like Telmundo and Univision. Yeah. So we're getting everything out there, making the hospital and the NYPD look like shit. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know if they fired or just repositioned the security lady, but she was gone. The president of the hospital comes and apologizes to me personally, you know. But by the time everything got rolling, it was like five days after they hit and run.
0: Oh, no, dude. You
2: know, and I remember, like, like I was making up flyers, and um, <clears throat> I had friends, like, printing them out and, like, posting them up everywhere. And people were calling me with, like, tip, like, from as far away as California with tip, like, everyone was trying to help. Like, I, I remember I, I ran a fundraiser for a funeral, and, um, like, Bob Terrell gave to it. A bunch of people in the tax community gave to it. Um, and then she was on motorcycle, so a bunch of people in the motorcycle community gave yeah. to it. But, uh, yeah, we never found the person. Never. No.
1: No leads, no nuts. No. Yeah.
2: And we hired a private investigator to look into it, and we kind of made a deal with them. we're like, you find out who it was, you let us know. Don't let the cops know. Let us yeah, know. Yeah. But nobody's found
1: Jesus Christ. That's burn your move. Were you just like done with everything at that point? Is that like, kind of where you're just like fucking up? And
2: that, that was like two years before. Um, and I remember all that was going down. And then, you know, like it, it, wasn't, it wasn't an immediate thing, but it's like all that went down, you know, all that's bugging me. I'm getting like overwhelmed because I'm, you know, probably part of the reason I was tattooing so much is just like to put everything out of my fucking head, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah. And uh, so I'm getting overwhelmed with all this stuff. Long Island, you know, I don't know if you ever lived in Long Island. Long Island is not that cool. It's like all, <laughs> it's mostly all bros. It's like, if you've seen Jersey Shore, <laughs> that's Long the majority island. of Long Island. Yeah. yeah. You know? Like, yeah. like, fortunately I'm in Long Beach, which is like a, it's an island off of Long Island. And it's actually kind of like a artistic surfer community. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's the only place I can live in Long Island. Yeah. You know? But so i'm living in long island you know all these people i hate i'm tattooed all the fucking time you know I, i'm just i'm just miserable so i'm like that's why i'm like Finally, i was like fuck this i gotta move yeah. um my my dog got hit by a car it's, yeah everything it's just, was everything was
1: shit yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah but so go out to austin how long that lasts
2: um about two and a half years um i went yeah. down there um I knew Nick Baxter a little bit, but uh, you know he lives yeah. in Austin, so we'd hang out and we have like paint nights and he tattooed my head. You know, but didn't him and Jeff open a shop or something down there? They did for a little while and then um that kind of fell oh. apart. Jeff Esbinger, yeah. The um, yeah. Jeff worked at like a Jeff, by the way, is super Christian. So he worked at the oh. shop. I forget what the shop is called. It's called like holy cross or sacred cross or whatever so he went to work there and i remember that the mom of the owner of that shop lived next to me she's trying to convince me to go there all the time yeah you know but uh, i'm like if i just stepped into church i'd probably like burst into flames (laughs) (laughs) so i I don't think that's gonna work but uh yeah yeah I, i remember they were gonna open a shop he did a full sleeve on jeff um they ended up like for a long time he's like tattooing out of his house but he had like a room in his house to was set up just for tattooing yeah, you know? yeah and uh and you can do that in austin you can't do that in new york in new york you no. can tattoo at home even if you're a separate room you know serious charges you get shut down but but yeah. he can do that now i think he's at a shop like him and a few other people they have a yeah. shop it's like a collective but
1: yeah that's wild so Two and a half years, where do you go from there? You get burnt out from Texas, evidently, because fuck Texas, anyways. Sorry, everyone <laughs> fuck Texas. I'm sorry. Well,
2: Austin, I, I, Austin is very, very cool. But one, I didn't have a lot of people getting like I was doing a lot, I was doing 25 conventions a year. I was doing okay. guest spots everywhere. Uh, you know, fortunately, this is when I was like at the height of my fame. So people were like, Yeah, come here, we'll give you hundred percent, you know. Like no a, one convention i remember they paid for me to fly there they pay for my hotel you know and they give me a free booth yeah um,
1: yeah
2: and, and mm-hmm. i love they gave me like a free hotel room and a free booth like i did um am jam a bunch of times in england yeah, yeah, yeah. you know i paid for the flight but they paid for everything else um oh, i did the British you Convention like six times same thing oh, shit. Yeah. Wow. But, uh, so i would do all that and i make money i come back to Austin, but i'm like this is kind of stupid. Why am I traveling so much? You know, yeah. plus Austin, you know, seems kind of small, you know, compared to New York city. Oh yeah. It's cool. <laughs> but it's like, you know, so much smaller, you know? Yeah. So I'm like, I'll just, I'll move back up North. Cause that's where my clientele is. I'll have access yeah. to like all this great stuff, but I didn't want to move to New York. So I moved to Philly and I worked oh, at right. uh, Paul actor shop, deep six.
1: Yeah. Right on. Yeah. Paul's work is rad. Jeez.
2: Yeah, no, he he has an awesome shop. The problem is, like most artists, when they start a shop, they open it with a partner, and the partner is not a tattoo artist. It's just a guy with the money. So, I mean, he'll tell you this. I'm I'm not saying anything that's not well known. But So he opens it with a contracted guy who's an on-again, off-again pill head.
1: Oh no! Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: right. And I I remember, um, and like he cheated on his wife, or you know, something happened, and like him and his wife are separating and divorced, and they got a much younger girl. And then you know, Paul was living at a place that that he owned, but now she owned. So you know, she would come and harass him all the time. Like he had this expensive sports car, and she threw a brick through the window. Oh. Um she would come and she would like super glue the lock to a deep six all the time. We'd have to be locksmith come fix it. Yeah. So there was all that going on. And then you know, he's a pill head. So at one point they took him off of everything. He had no access to the bank account, no, you know, like like I, I remember that um Paul did a back piece and then and he got paid. It was a drug dealer, and the drug dealer paid him ahead of time for the back piece. And he was going to use that to like rebuild the shop, like rebuild yeah. the shop. And so he put that bank account and the pill head guy, took all of it and blew it on drugs.
0: Ooh. <laughs>
2: so it, it, I remember they were asking me, like, I whizzled down my conventions like, you know, like 10 a year. Yeah. They're like, oh man, can you do five? We really need you to make money for the job because we're in a bad place right now. Yeah. I was like, I'm like, I'll try my best. So I whittle it down seven. And I remember they were giving me tons of shit over doing seven. Yeah. I was like, dude. They're like, we told you to five. I was like, I'm trying to five their <laughs> commitments are already made. You know. Uh, yeah. But then I remember at one point it seemed like the shop was just kind of falling apart, which it eventually did. And so I moved back up to New York. But I remember right after I moved, the Pillard guy, um, he got in through the back door and mm-hmm. he tried to steal money from the lockbox. But the lockbox, you know, had no money in it, or he couldn't get into it. I, I, I think it had no money in it, but. Uh, then he went one of the paintings, he had was from Paul Booth. So he stole yeah. the painting, which by the way, they paid five grand for, oh. sold it back to Paul Booth's agent for two grand. So he blew up money on drugs. Oh, and then everybody's like, Wait a minute, this time he stole a painting. What if he sells our shit next time? So yeah, everybody yeah. quit,
1: everyone's out. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man, that's and now rough. Paul has
2: his own shop called Seance Tattoo Bar.
1: Yeah. yeah, I remember reading about Deep Six back a while ago. Yeah, I didn't know what it happened to it. That's fucked up. Jeez. So you go there and now back New York, right?
2: I, I was like, I may as well like I used to come back to New York for guest spots. Yeah. And um there's this guy, Scott, Scott Troll, and um he owned for a while he owned ritual and uh he made the typical mistake of like a druggy contractor. Yeah, um, so that fell apart, but he opened his own shop called Alchemy. And so I went there and um I was doing guest spots there, and then finally I was like, I'll just move there, you know. Yeah, and I was like deep sticks falling apart and like I remember Scott was really excited. He was like trying to give me his room, and I was like, "I don't want to take your room," but he insisted. So I basically got his room, you know, and and that was great for a while. But then at some point, Scott had like a, he had my current uh, business partner Paul working there. Um, he had uh, this girl Gina, and um, he fired Gina for doing a guest spot in a shop that he didn't like. <laughs> it took him like three months, and then he decided to bugged him, and he fired her. I don't you know and she was like uh she didn't even advertise the guest spot she said like a one-day guest spot to help her friend out because they said her friend couldn't leave and she got got coverage so so she did she did a one-day guest spot da vinci tattoo and then like back in the day um scott got beat up by hell's angels and he (laughs) thinks he thinks frank from da vinci has something to do with it so you know that bugged him so he held it against jimmy fired gina it's funny, because then Gina went to work for Da Ted. <laughs> <laughs> but he had a, what's his name, Eric, who was on um, Ink Master. He, he had, like, a full crew, and then he just got, I think he just got lazy. He, like, stopped tattooing. Yeah. He, like, put us all on rent. He wouldn't buy us any supplies. And the way he'd tell us is we'd be like, yeah, man, we're out of paper towels. Oh, yeah, you buy that now. Well, thanks for telling me before I came into work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, so eventually just everyone left. like, yeah, I,
1: I can't handle this anymore. But see, some I've noticed, like, there is, at least on the East Coast versus the West Coast, you, you have these, like, peaks and valleys. You know, there's, like, yeah. a large expansion, a bunch of shops come out, and then they fucking fall apart. I haven't been seeing that happen as much in, like, the past 10 years. Like, things just keep getting bigger and bigger. You know, there's more shops. Like, I did an economic analysis recently for a, a business thing that I've got to do uh, for the Portland area, and there is like 4,800 tattoo artists in Oregon. Uh, If you take Oregon and Washington together, they make 15% of all the total population of tattooers in the United States.
2: Yeah. I remember there was less than that number in the entire U.S.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Right. It's, it's, it's crazy. Like we have like a hundred thousand tattooers now, you know, across the country. And I, I'm always wondering how can these shops stay open? Like the the average earned income for a tattoo artist. I know you're going to fib a little bit on your, your tax returns out here, but it's thirteen thousand five hundred dollars a
2: year. Holy shit! Yeah. How can you? How do you how live? Can, <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs>
1: you know? But I also think it's like the age of tattooers now is starting to shrink. You know, like I, I'm in my forties. Uh, you're fifty now. You had said. Yeah. There's sure not so. a lot of there's not a lot of fucking dudes our age in this anymore you know what i mean and then most of the guys who are older like they're all either
2: fucking dead or crippled so
1: right.
2: yeah i don't know Maybe so they still- they're dropping like flies and the ones that aren't are like you know they're they're not doing conventions you know they, they look at really bad health and, uh. i mean i i think health is not a priority like i i remember you know like like now you get like um it, it's weird because like this makes sense, even though <laughs> it sounds like it doesn't. But I remember, like, in punk rock, the whole thing was, like, you know, if you if you were healthy or you worked out, you were a fucking jock. And, yeah. Know, yeah, 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 you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and now, like, if you look at metalcore bands, they all fucking work out. All of you them, know, dude. They're all, like, super healthy and all jacked up, you know? Like, everybody does jujitsu. Like, yeah. uh... <laughs> Everyone wants <laughs> to be fucking Rollins, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I actually saw Rollins bands a bunch of times, but... <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love Henry Rollins, dude. He's the yeah. shit. Well, I think I don't know if you've seen the spoken word. The spoken word is amazing. Fucking legit. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't think he's uh, the greatest singer, but I love his mentality. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Stuff. I remember reading his books uh, when I was in like high school when he first put out like his first one with his adventures in Africa or some shit. Oh okay. yeah. Spoken word stuff. The first time, dude. Fucking, it's just funny you know <laughs> did you read uh get in the van
2: Maybe,
1: I, yeah i don't know if i probably yeah that, that's I, like
2: he's talking about being on tour with black flag that's actually yeah. a really good book yeah. yeah
1: if not then everyone who's listening please go and buy that fucking book support support <laughs> the book <word. laughs>
2: oh that's cool man so where are you at now what are you doing currently well i own a bit tattooing um i tattoo probably about three days a week um I do book covers, I do uh, illustrations. Um, I've been doing a lot of illustrations. It's kind of a book coming out right now it's like, uh, because I've been doing like a lot of author cons and stuff like that. I kind of know everybody and uh, I do like all the uh, covers for uh, Spotted Poke magazine. And oh, cool. uh, a lot of them, a lot of the authors that I, that I you know, was able to get work from do stuff for that. And I would illustrate the story. So we kind of have a relationship going so I said, give me a story, and I'll give you the original illustration I did for one of your stories. Yeah. So they they're cool with that. So I, I have, like, 14 stories, including two by me, like, in this book. And, like, I did illustrations for every story. And I did yeah. little caricatures of all the authors, you know. And I, I painted the front cover and the back. I like, I went all out on the same, but I'm really looking forward to that. That's cool. Hopefully yeah. that'll be out in June.
1: That's cool. Yeah. I I remember you used to do an article. uh, I don't know if it was online and in print as well. It was like with like Tatmag
2: or some shit. Yeah. Uh, I I did a bunch. I did one. um, It's funny. I did one on Ink Master saying, what's wrong with Ink Master? (laughs) And I remember that made it everywhere, (laughs) including Ink Master. (laughs) And so Ink Master, they would not stop inviting me on the show. Almost like like, you know, <laughs> hey, we're, we're trying to get the guy that talks shit about us on the show. <laughs> I was like, like what's your fucking problem? And I remember uh, Best Inc. Do you remember yeah. Best Inc.? Yeah. They kept yeah. calling me. And the oh, funny shit. thing is like um they kept calling me when they worked at Paul's shop yeah. and they were calling Paul too. And we both <laughs> joke about it. <laughs>
1: uh it's like I know a lot of the younger people I've met they've gotten into tattooing like they were inspired by watching that show. And like I just keep looking back and being like dude, but it's not it's not that's not tattooing, man. Like hearing your stories that's that's what I remember, you know. Like my entire career is just it's fucked. Like you 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 have to fight for any anything that you it get is, yeah. all the fucking time. It's not just some peaceful Kumbaya space, you know. And and they're like, "Oh, I watched the show, and it made me want to become a tattooer."
2: I'm like, "What the fuck are you thinking? It's not. <laughs> uh, this is not the generation that could storm the beaches of Normandy. <laughs> like, I don't know if you saw Saving Private Ryan, but they'd be like, oh, yeah, I'm joining the Germans.' You know? <laughs> yeah. Can we just have a talk, please? Yeah.
1: It's <laughs> a bit different, man. Fuck. So what? What Can got you muffin?
2: You you want a muffin? Yeah.
1: <laughs> 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 what got you into writing was it was it doing those those little uh blurbs and articles that you were doing for that thing that kind of peeked well, in do-
2: i always wanted to be a artist and writer like that was my big thing and i remember um like when i was in high school um i was like paying everyone's leather jackets and you know doing all the artwork for bands and stuff but i also took a bunch of like creative writing courses and um, mm. I, it would vary because like sometimes you get straight a's you know, and sometimes like I remember there's one guy, um, he fucking hated horror. And uh so he, he'd just give me an F automatically if it's <laughs> the horror. So being like a rebellious punk rocker, you're gonna do it twice as much now. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah totally. Dude. And I remember he he like um he wrote a story so he could kind of give us uh like a like a, an idea of what he was like trying to accomplish, and it yeah. was fucking horrible. So he asked us to comment on it. So I felt free to comment on dude. I <laughs> tore his story apart. And I remember <laughs> I got kicked out of his class. I didn't meet up with the guidance counselors and stuff. But uh, so I, I always wanted to be a writer uh, and artist. And I thought you kind of had to pick one of the two. So I was like debating what I wanted. And then I remember I read Watchmen. I don't know if you read oh, Watchmen. Fuck yeah. But I was like, amazing art and amazing story. Like Alan Moore yeah. is still one of my biggest influences. Like I took a six hour seminar with them, you know, yeah, and uh, I was like, wait, you can do both. So then I really want to be a comic artist. And I was like, you know, so I'm going to be a comic artist, but I'll write and draw it. And it wasn't until I interviewed with uh, DC Comics that I found out it's not that yeah, way.
1: Not that
2: way. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is if you totally luck out and you stick with it and whatever. But like, even like a, like a genius like Alan Moore, um, he he had like one of the best art teams you know ever. It was Steve Bissett penciling and John Tobin inking. So it was the early Swamp things. You know the only reason they gave it to Alan Moore and they gave it to these guys is that they're like it was one issue from being canceled. Like well he can't fuck it up worse. <laughs> and then he turned into a bestseller. Yeah. But it's yeah, like yeah. it's like pure luck. Like like yeah. Frank Miller wrote Dark Knight. You know yeah. he he was like the artist on Daredevil. And the writer quit, and they're like, eh, "Well, nobody buys Daredevil. Uh, let's give this guy a chance." Yeah. And then he made a bestseller. So yeah. yeah, it's you know maybe you luck out, maybe you don't.
1: Yeah, that's wild, dude. So that that pushed you into this this writing stuff now. Like, what what are your stories about currently?
2: Um, I have an editor, and the editor describes it as uh, speculative fiction. I'm like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> you know? It's like it's like uh, there's sci-fi a sci-fi <laughs> element in it. Um, yeah. but it's not like space up or like Star Wars. I mean think more like you know aliens or Vent Horizon or something oh, like sure. that. Yeah. And then um I, I have a definitely a horror element in it. I have like I mean I but I wouldn't say it's straight up horror because like like I never like like the Henry Porter serial Killer just slasher films. Yeah, like, yeah I like it when there's like you know an interesting story like a pumpkin head or the fly or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's kind of along those lines, like like dark sci fi, horror, speculative fiction, um, apocalyptic. You know, like yeah. like in my in my stories, like I kind of keep that thing with comic books where they have a continuity, like they all kind of live in the same world. Uh, yeah. So I kind of do that, like, but I also keep the idea, like if you saw um, Road Warrior, yeah, did you see Mad Max? Yeah, okay, you don't have to watch Mad Max to watch Road Warrior.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so yeah, 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 I kind of
2: keep that thing going. Like, you know, more backstory, you know, you, you know, a little yeah. more going on, but it's not like World you have to read building. one to read the other.
1: Yeah, 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 I got you. That's cool, man. Shit, is that is that where you think things are going to be going in the future? Are you still going to be tattooing, do you think? Or are you starting to peel you off? Know,
2: I remember I, I did like one podcast and they're like, well, if you could only pick one thing, what would you pick? Writing, you know, art or tattooing? I was like, I refuse to answer your question <laughs> <laughs> i said i like all three you know i mean if hollywood came calling and gave me like you know millions of dollars like they did with um the the creator of hellboy you know like mike Manoa, then you know i would still do all three i would just like tattoo even less yeah I, I was like you know because I mean, there's some stuff so like right now. One thing I'm working on tattoo wise is like there there's a guy that did like a full back piece on him, I did full sleeves and all this stuff. So now I'm tattooing his wife as a zombie, you know? Oh, no, and, shit. yeah, yeah. And, and he's like one of those huge horror fans where like they went over to Europe and they like paid special effects guy to like make her sure up as a zombie. So they have like really strong photos. Yeah, and he's like, hey, well, can you tattoo my wife as a zombie? And I've tattooed a lot of um, portraits that I've turned into zombies. after <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. they really break up with a person. But I'm like, yeah, that's a great idea. I, I love to do that. And the funny thing is, like, while I was tattooing it, like, he'd come out, you know, in the shop, and he'd be like, hey, look, it's a portrait of my wife. <laughs> 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 but uh, I would still do stuff like that. I mean, that's a lot of fun. I enjoyed doing that stuff. So.
1: Yeah, yeah. What time is it right now? I don't even know. I think we might have hit our... Our time two thirty
2: four according to me, so like an hour oh, yeah. thirty four minutes. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, that's good, man. Shit, Yes, <laughs> 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 this just flew by,
2: dude. I'm just like, fuck, This is
1: it's great hearing these stories and stuff, and and getting to meet you. I mean, normally at the end of this, we we do some other stuff that's kind of funny, but I don't even think we need to do that with you. I say, <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, if you could go. If you could go to, to any new new person in this industry right now and give them one bit of advice, what do you think that you would give
2: them? Take criticism. It is really hard, especially because when I was a kid, like you know, you have to fight for fucking everything, especially if you're a punk rocker in the south. You have to fucking fight for everything. So That's like true. I want to be an artist, I want to be this, I want to do that. You know, so if somebody said no, you're like Well, fuck you then. (laughs) But like, sometimes people will say no because they want to see if you're really committed. Like, that's one thing I found out with comic books. Like, I kept submitting to them nonstop, and then you know, I was like, "What do I have to do to make it?" And then you know, I went to art school and I'm in New York City, and I kind of found out it wasn't exactly what I wanted to go into. But I wouldn't know any of that if I didn't keep at it. And like, you know, especially with like tattooing, like you know. People, they want to be a tattoo artist and they'll come in and they'll like, yeah, um, I want an apprentice. I mean, most people, at least back in the day, you just go like, no, yeah, <laughs> you know, and, but then you keep bugging them and you like bring in new artwork. After a while, they're like, all right. And they'll give you a shot.
1: Yeah. Yeah, totally. You got to like prove that you're actually going to be sticking to it. it Who is that like Koryoshi uh had trained a couple people. people and he trained like a white dude, you know, and he said, if you can come here and you want to do it, I'll train you. The guy, I forget his name now, but he moved to Japan. He was expecting he was going to live in his master's house and do this stuff the old fashioned first day of training. He goes, Okay, so when are we going home? He's like, I'm offering you education. That's it. (laughs) I
2: remember remember back in the day when you had to pay like six grand up front, you know, to be trained, and you you know, they're not going to give you a job after your mentor trained you. Uh, Yeah.
1: And I think that, that guy ended up having to sleep on like fucking rooftops and in dumpsters and stuff <laughs> for two fucking years, you know, until he learned enough Japanese and got a well, job. I mean, he's
2: made it now.
1: He's fucking good. Yeah, his artwork's yeah. fucking legit. If I can remember his name, I'll put it in the show notes and stuff. Fuck. <laughs> but thanks, dude, for, for coming on and talking, man. This is this is really cool. I'm I'm glad to have met you. You got such a fucking body of work. I hope that you can <laughs> keep it up and just keep going, man.
2: I try. I try. One day we're all going to fucking die and then, you yeah. <laughs> know, what what you did you leave behind. You know, that's why I say like like my girlfriend gave me shit for you know working you hard whatever. I'm like, dude, I'll sleep when I'm dead.
1: Yeah. Yeah, totally, right?
0: Stop stop. And stop Don't be like Eminem and Chris Evans. Leave us a review on your podcast platform listening thingy me jiggy of choice. Maybe that should be, like, the title or the description. (laughs) My wife and I have been drinking, and yes, we are live recording right now as we're drinking. It's super fucking funny. Are you recording right now? Yeah, I am. Oh, shit. I didn't know
2: that.
0: (laughs) If you like this show, leave us a review. It's amazing. Did you know that this show... Hit Apple's top ten last week, and oh my god, I didn't actually think that a tattoo podcast could get a thousand downloads in an hour. So hey, everyone who left for review, I love you, and uh, if you dye your beard, we love you too. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Anyways, we hope to catch you on the flip side. And bye. <laughs> oh, in the next couple of weeks, we got a couple of cool people to talk to, and I think you're gonna like them. We got like. A follow-up to another one, which is kind of funny. And then we're going to have some stories. And then even... Oh my gosh, this is going to be amazing. You don't even know. Alright, bye. Welcome to the show. Uh, Normally I would record this at the shop or not, but I've been drinking. And it's 3am and I fucking forgot to put the episode out when it was supposed to be put out. So... Here you go. This is me and Dan Hank talking about tattooing. And Dan is, there's there's always an undercurrent when you meet someone, right? Where you're kind of like, is this person smart or not? And uh, Dan's brilliant. The stuff we uh, actually talked about for just a few minutes off of recording time, like off of mic or whatever. The dude's a a fucking genius. And uh, I'm not just saying that because I'm hammered. Like the dude is just rad, so here's our episode with Dan. Uh, I hope you enjoy it. And also, if you have a beard, please, for the love of God and all that is holy, do not dye it one color. Remember how they used to have those hair, those those, those the, the hair dyeing commercials, where it was like, oh, herbal <sighs> essences or whatever the fuck it was. And it was like your hair is going to be a multitude of shades so it looks natural. Well, Eminem's beard doesn't do that, nor does Chris Evans' face. Anyways, I hope you enjoyed the show.